0: it is another episode of the infinite banter podcast i am mark Job, thanks for checking out the show big up to my guy intercontinental kins who was on the last episode Feel free to check that out, that episode, and all episodes are always available on all digital platforms like iTunes, Spotify, Mixcloud, Apple Podcasts, all the places you find your podcast, it is there. Really excited to bring this show to you guys here, had a chance to talk to Nia Kennedy, the queen of all heels, she's been in the wrestling business for a long time. I first met her on, there's a Facebook page I'm part of where we talk about wrestling. It's called Wrestling Period. Shout out to all the people there. Ever since I've been on there, got a chance to know her. I've always wanted to have her on here once I started doing this podcast to talk to her about her time in the business. So really looking forward to bringing that to you guys. So stay tuned. Follow the show on Twitter, at Infinite Banter. Same thing for Facebook, at Infinite Banter. Infinite Banter. Instagram, you can bother me at DJ Soundway75 or Infinite Banter Podcast. And there is a YouTube channel. Got a lot of clips from different guests in the past. You just go on YouTube, search Infinite Banter. You should be able to find it easily on YouTube. Before we get started, here's another PSA from the CDC on what you need to do during this COVID 19 pandemic.
1: COVID 19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. There are a few ways to help lower the spread of this respiratory disease. Wash your hands. Avoid touching your face, including mouth, nose, and eyes. Cover your coughs and sneezes. Monitor your symptoms and consult with your doctor. Stay at home and away from other sick people, except for medical care. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you.
0: But as always, this show never starts until you hear from the one and only Daryl McDaniels. DMC, let them know what they're listening to.
1: Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now you're listening to Infinite Banter because we will banter on forever because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I-B, Infinite Banter.
0: You're tuned into the Infinite Banter Podcast. I am Mark Jolliffe, and I am pleased to be joined by someone I've known for a while on the uh, Facebook group I'm a part of on Wrestling Period. She is the satin doll. Hopefully, she had her coffee because I know she needs coffee to be you know, up and ready, no one to piss her off. Uh, The queen of all heels, the one and only Naya Kennedy is in the building. What's going on, Naya?
2: Hey, Mark. How are you doing today?
0: Good, good, good. Did you have your coffee? I think I need some.
2: I did, and I actually have another one sitting right next to me right now. There it is. (laughs) There it is.
0: (laughs) <laughs> I didn't want to drink any during because I thought I'd have to get up and use the bathroom. So I'm like, you know what? I'm good. Just uh, drink some uh, Propel, which is like electrolyte water or something. So
2: There you go. <laughs> happy Friday, by the way. Yeah,
0: and happy related birthday to you. you like myself, you oh, had a quarantine so birthday, which is uh, kind of lame, but, you know, whatever.
2: Yeah, you know, but I made the best of it, and I think I, I actually had a, a good time. You know, it started off since it was on a Sunday, so we did a Sunday brunch. And then I had pre-planned to have um, a birthday shot with uh, some of my friends and family on Facebook. And we had a predetermined time and went on and did a live toast. And that was kind of nice. You know, it was just like, you know, make the best out of a situation. For me, the glass is always half full.
0: And then it's empty after you to finish drinking it because, uh, you know, toast for God's yeah. sakes, right? You got to drink it all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But no, thanks for coming on here. You know, ever since I started doing this podcasting, I've wanted to have people that I know that are either in music or wrestling business and such like that. So, And I appreciate you and uh, Marky Bell, shout out to Wrestling Period, for calling me after my baby was born. So back then, I was like, after talking to you, I was like, "Ah, I should have her on the show. Why am I not bugging her? So here we go. After long overdue, finally got you on here. Mm -hmm. So appreciate it.
2: I appreciate it, too. Thank you so much.
0: No problem. So for those listening, you know, they know I'm a wrestling nerd. They know I talk to wrestling people sometimes. What's your background? How did you first get into the business?
2: Oh, my goodness. Um, (laughs) When I was maybe six years old, um, growing up in Colorado, we had AWA Wrestling there. And I saw this wonderful blonde man by the name of Nick Bogwinkle. Oh, there you go. Wrestling. One day, I absolutely fell in love with that man, and at that point on, I knew I wanted to be a wrestler. And then, when I went to high school in Oklahoma, I started getting into um, mid South wrestling and and WCCW, and was a big big fan of Devon Eric's and Jake the Snakes and all them, Gary Hart especially. And um, I just my love for the business grew even more. And I was lucky, fortunate enough that when I moved back to Colorado, after drug was from high school, that I was blessed enough to find a wrestling school, which also happened to be the same wrestling school that uh, my fellow member who has succeeded greatly, and I'm so proud of him, to called Scorpio, went to as well. So oh, nice. he traveled up and down the road for a few years before he went to Japan. But it's just always been in my blood. Absolutely love wrestling and being a tomboy growing up. It just <laughs> it just seemed to be the best thing to do. So for me anyway.
0: I think I might be raising a tomboy myself because she seems to be into uh, stuff that I like. I think I could be reading it wrong. She's only you know 11 months old, but I think I might be getting a tomboy here.
2: Hey, that's awesome. You know, when I was a little kid growing up, my. My mother and them, they tried their hardest. They would put the little ruffle dresses on me and send me outside and up the tree. I'd go or climbing the the house and playing football and all that. So it didn't work.
0: <laughs> they it failed work. at that.
2: <laughs> yeah, I didn't actually developed a love for the color pink until I was in my thirties.
0: <laughs> wow, that is pretty late. Yeah, you. So you you were watching like you know John Hughes movies and all that stuff as a kid.
2: John Hughes, John Carpenter. Um, oh, a little mix. There you go. Yeah, I'm a huge, like, 80s fan when it comes to movies, music. I mean, like, I just think that I was born in a great time to to come across some of the great music, movies, and um, wrestling along the way all those years that I've been graced to be on this planet, or shall I say that the planet has been graced to have me on it? <laughs> <laughs> there you go.
0: <laughs> Speaking of music, that's a little bit off the ramp here, but... Uh... You also like Sade as much as I do, and she's on my short list of people I've never seen live that I need to get out and see someday. Have you ever seen her live? And
2: I haven't yet. I absolutely adore that woman. Me mean, you agree that Sade and coffee saves lives. There it is. It definitely does. I think me and you, we had that hashtag going for about a year.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what happened. I guess uh, not enough people <laughs> appreciate it, but that's fine. You know, your loss. Just as long
2: as we did. That's all that matters.
0: Right, right. Now I listen to Sade all that's the time. I mean, you know, I, I, she's just... Uh, all-time classic to me
2: oh yeah i love music i i was raised to um enjoy all music like i love country music i love opera i love hip-hop i love um r&b heavy metal like i'm a huge acd fan i'm also a huge dmx fan i'm also a george Strait fan, really oh, so fan so,
0: very versatile yeah. you have a lot of stuff you like yeah exactly. what's uh what's your entrance music by the way speaking of music
2: my entrance music used to be, because now we have, um, uh, our entrance music was custom made for the Satsujin Squad, so we have a uh, different music now. But back in the day, I used to come out to, um, it really depends on the mood, you know, like like every year I would switch it up. I would never keep it as the same, because not only do I feel like I would get tired, but I would feel like, you know, like places I would go back to. You know, where some people are like, oh, you know, when that music hits you know, they know it's their person, you know, it's like, of course, you know, so I like to keep them on their toes. So I changed my music. I used to come out to Queen, We were Rock You, We Are the Champions. I used to come out to MC Hammer. Um, when I first started, when I first was a set and doll, I used to actually come out to Set and Doll by Duke Ellington. Oh,
0: nice. There you go.
2: That's when I was a
0: face. <laughs> Is that how you came up with the name? Was it the song or was that, how did the name come up?
2: Yes, it was the song, and I was sitting there thinking, me and my mom were sitting there talking and thinking about names and everything, and she was just like, we were just coming up with different names, like doll, because, like, people used to always call me baby doll growing up, and I said, well, I can't use that name because somebody else already already used it, you know, and I was a huge fan of baby doll anyway, so, and I was just like, well, we can't use that one, and my, me and my mom were sitting there talking, and she goes, well, how about satin doll, and I was like, that does sound good, I like that, and my mom was like, Duke Ellington.
0: <laughs> there it is, see? The song's already custom made for you to come out to. Perfect.
2: Yeah, exactly. And then I just needed something that was like more upbeat. So um, it would change from time to time.
0: I was reading that Honky Tonk Man had an influence on you coming up in the uh, business early on.
2: Yeah, he did too. He did. Um, Honky Tonk. Oh my God. That's my, I like him. Um, we tra- I was fortunate to be able to travel the road with him for a while too. And then when I, um, I I would say semi-retired from the business because of a back injury and then uh, motherhood again when I had my second child. So pretty much I stepped away from the business to focus on being a wife and a mother. When I moved to New York, I was like, hmm, you know, I don't want to wrestle again per se, but I really want to do something in the business again. And I I was like, why don't you be a manager? I'm like, well, that sounds like a good idea. And as I was managing one day on a show, and he happened to be booked on it, it was the first time I'd seen him since maybe 1990, 91, or 92, something like that. So it had been like over 20 something years since I'd seen him. So it was a it was a nice reunion, you know. Like Greg Gagne, I mean, like I was blessed right. to be able to travel with some of the, um, not Greg Gagne, I'm sorry, Greg Valentine.
0: Oh yeah, um, the Blessed hammer, right. to be
2: able to, um, you know, travel and work on shows. With some of the guys that I grew up watching, you know, as like my first year in, I was blessed to be able to uh, work on the same show with Jerry Blacklock.
0: Were you ever awestruck when you see uh, these legends that you grew up watching?
2: You know, some of them, yeah, but like I've never been one of those that's just been like the fanatic fanatic, you know, where you go crazy, like because I've been around the business for so long, even before I got into it, but I've never been one to just, like, like go crazy because my philosophy is, you know, um, everybody has a job. Everybody's job is just different. Yours just happens to be either on the screen doing right. this or... You know that, so I just figure. You know, you. I always say you treat them like normal people because to me they are, and you know you get more respect for them, and they're not looking to you like you're such a weirdo.
0: Was that hard doing the transition you know? from wrestling to managing? Is that almost like ah, uh, uh, I can't do this anymore, or is it actually just like a new chapter and you embraced it?
2: I think it was a new chapter, but I think it was it's easier for a person who's been a wrestler to transition into a manager instead of somebody who has never been a manager before. As far as like you know, when I have to when i When I get hit or stuff like that, and taking bumps and falls, you know because I've done that when I was a wrestler, so and I think it just helps because it um you already know how to interact with interact with the crowd, but um you just it's just a different role. I actually took time out to study, you know, like Sherry Martel is like one of my influences, and actually one of my favorites mm-hmm. so I studied her, I studied um Gary Hart, I studied Bobby Heaney, I studied Scambar, you know, I studied um, those guys and just, like, watched and seen exactly, like, their mannerisms around the rings, you know, Paul Ellery, like, they don't really realize, like, like, Gary Hart, Paul Ellery, those are two managers that were, like, and not just managers as far as, like, being around the ring, they were managers that actually took care of making sure their hotels were booked, making sure their airplane tickets were booked, and that they were, they got to the, the airport, they got to the hotel, they got to the venue, you know, wherever uh, autograph signings they had to do. They made, they took care of, I mean, they are managers' managers. I mean, I don't do all of that, but I still make sure that my guys are well taken care of in the squad.
0: You know, when I was a kid, I didn't know that Heenan and Mr. Fuji, guys like that, actually wrestled. So when I see them in the ring taking bumps and stuff, I was just like, oh, they're just getting beat up. But as I got older and started to know what their background was, like, oh, this makes sense. They used to wrestle. So that's why they're so good at taking these hits after the, you know, post match beatdowns and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Or the, like, um, the, my <laughs> funny match that Bobby Hamm had is when he had to put on the weasel suit. Oh, yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that one I remember also against the Bulldogs. He had the uh, the whole suit so he wouldn't get bit by Matilda. Yes. He was all, yes. all-time great, if not the best manager of all time. He definitely was right there.
2: Oh, yeah, he's definitely up there. I was blessed enough to be able to have met him before he passed away because he also was a member of the CAC.
0: Yeah, speaking of that... um B. Brian Blair was on here about two months ago, I want to say. And, you know, I brought up your name, and he obviously knows who you are. You've you gone to that. And, unfortunately, they didn't have it this year. It's, it's going to be, what, later in the year? Or did they decide how that's going to go? As
2: of right now, it is um, rescheduled for September. But, you know, who knows? Because of the fact that there's so many of us members, you know, as easily can be, you know, I mean, 500 people there. You know, so, I mean, I'm hoping, but right. I'm not um, – I'm realistic at the same time, but the CAC is a wonderful organization. It's a wonderful club, charity, and it's the the largest um, nonprofit organization in the world. And I'm just proud to be a member of it. They do such good work. They help wrestlers that are destitute that need to have surgeries, you know, are falling hard on times They need help with their bills. And they do the reunion every year in Vegas and like they have um, seminars free to view like character development, you know, how to do promos, you know, just history of like different territories, you know, because that's the one thing I do miss is the territory days, you know, so they have seminars on that. And then they have the nostalgia room where you can go and you'll see some of the legends, you know, like um, Bob Orton Jr., Tony Guerrero or Gaina, you know, the, oh, right. the, yeah. the
3: uh-huh.
2: yeah, I never, I always butch his last name, you know, playing in the cribbage <laughs> tournament in the nostalgia room, you know, you have like some of the, you know, like the glow girls, they have, um, um, merchandise tables, you know, some of the writers for some of the best uh, wrestling books, they have tables, you have some of the workers, you know, like Rob Van Dam, he was there a couple of years ago, they had the Harlem, Harlem Heat there a couple of years ago, um, Steve Austin was there. I got to, I was blessed to have seen um, our John Moxley, aka Dean Ambrose. Yeah. And like the picture I took of, with him last year was it last year, yeah, uh, was right before his contract expired at midnight. So the picture I had was him when he was still Dean Ambrose.
0: <laughs> so you were like the last person to see Dean Ambrose.
2: <laughs> yeah before he became John Moxley back which I prefer this one I'm glad that he's able to he has that artistic freedom to be him and not be what they wanted him to be
0: you see a lot of that with the guys in AEW Brody Lee and of course Cody and Dustin and so many guys it's you can see, like, they were obviously not allowed to grow, and they just didn't utilize them enough. Some, a lot of it is because they have so many, there's so much talent, so I, I'm guessing it's hard to spread it around. But every one of these guys that's left, you know, it's just yeah. uh, they've really grown to other independent and uh, AW. Yeah,
2: exactly. And that's what I enjoy, you know. And you see, I see you when you, have, when you have two banquet ceremonies where they honor people who get awards, and so you have two sit-down dinners where they do award ceremonies. So that's nice, you know, and it gives an opportunity for me to see some of my wrestling family. That I
0: don't get to see. Last year, you sent me a picture of you and Gail Kim, which, of course, that's my all time yes. favorite right there. So I was like, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yes, me and her
2: had a conversation about our love for her husband
0: <laughs> yeah
2: <laughs> he's one of my he's one of my favorite chefs him Gordon Ramsey um Rick Bayless a few of them other ones so yeah I told her she's like yeah she goes I have that conversation a lot with people
0: <laughs> and he also had I don't know if it's still on didn't he have one of those like Jerry Springer type shows
2: he did and I don't know if he still does or not because I really don't um watch much of daytime tv anymore I unfortunately I might... have
0: because we're all in the house but I don't yeah. I haven't noticed if he's still on
2: I've been binge watching shows like on um, Netflix and stuff like
0: that. Not to get off subject, but I've been uh, binging The Walking Dead. I've already seen it. I know you were uh, starting Uh, over again as well, but um, the wife has not seen it. So I totally, you got to watch from the beginning because she started watching season nine. I'm like, you got to go all the way to the beginning because you don't know about Glenn and Shane and all these other people. And she's really getting into it now.
2: Yes, my man, Negan. Oh,
0: Your guy, yeah, what a jerk.
2: (laughs) He is my guy, you know, and you know what, and everybody's like, why do you like this guy? I'm like, he is what we in the wrestling business would call the quintessential heel.
0: Yeah, I could see that.
2: He don't play around, he don't care.
0: (laughs) And he's very charismatic, that's what draws you towards him.
2: Oh, that smile. That smile. I mean, spoiler Mm, alert,
0: those who haven't watched the show. He kills two major characters, and you should hate him. But it's like, part of you, it's like, I kind of like this dude, but I hate him. It's it's really, it's a weird dichotomy that he brings across on screen.
2: Yeah, you know, it's true. And I say that when people laugh at me, because, like, you know, growing up, like, I was hugely influenced as well with the Rocky movies because Sylvester Sloan gives you that motivation in every movie he does that just motivates you that the, the speeches, you know, and, um, when, um, uh, um, Mr. T, when he pushed Nikki and caused Nikki to have a heart, heart attack and die, I, I really blame this man. And from, was <laughs> it? That movie came out. I was 13. I remember getting in the movie theater and crying my heart out and my cousin and my best friend got up and moved away from me. So from, age of 13 until Mr. Teague got into the Hall of Fame and did that hour and a half speech about how much he loved his mama. <laughs> That's when I stopped hating him.
0: Well, you hated Clubber Lane. You didn't really hate Mr. T, right?
2: No. <laughs> oh, no. No. I, I didn't like, I mean, after that, I mean, like, I would still watch A-Team, but like, the, I mean, you know how I feel about a, a certain somebody whose first initial starts with J. That's how oh, I about guy. him. Oh, my
0: guy. Yeah.
2: Yeah, that's how I felt about him. I'm not going. I'm not going to blast him on this on this thing because I don't do that in this business. No, 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 no. <laughs> but no. but that's how I felt felt about Mr. T, A.K.A. Claude Lang. But in the same instincts, I did not hate Dolph Lundgren for killing Apollo, right? Which he intentionally did, and that's because of the fact that I was I, I loved Dolph Lundgren. So you know, it's just like I love Megan, and I. Push aside the bad stuff he does
0: (laughs) well Tony would have thrown the towel you know Creed wouldn't have died and you know uh, Dolph Lundgren you know he wouldn't have killed him and the Creed movies that came out he would have had dad still yeah
2: yeah it's just a whole trail
0: (laughs) no Negan is great Jeffrey Dean Morgan really brings that character to life because I read the comic books as well and he does a great job with it and he's Turned the corner now. He's kind of a good guy, you know, on the current uh, season. But that being said, yeah, it's, he still can't forget what he did, but very, very cool character for sure.
3: Yes,
2: definitely. You brought up the territory
0: talent. days, uh, talking about the CAC. Any memories from that era?
2: The traveling. You know, I had so much fun traveling up and down. That's how I met B. Brian Blair, is when we were touring because we were based out of Colorado. And then once the promoters I worked for uh, started branching out, like, cause we were doing all over Colorado and then we would like go maybe to Cheyenne, you know, maybe to Kansas. And then after that, we were traveling all over, not only now, not only all over the world, we were also traveling, you know, just all over the United States, all military bases. Um, Cause we had the military contract long before Vince had it. Um, so we would travel all over the place. I was blessed to wrestle in Cuba. Um, Honduras, Puerto Rico for two weeks. You know, I've been to Canada, I've been to Mexico, um, Alaska. So. I can't even
0: imagine how different the fans must be in each area that you went to like that.
2: You know, it is different. It's, it's, it's Um, But I always say that if I hadn't been in this, this business, that I would have, have not been to a big majority of places I've been to. Like I've never been to, would have been to Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. They have a beautiful lake, absolutely <laughs> amazing. But I've right. never, I would have never been there to the work if I hadn't been doing a show there. You know, I wouldn't know how beautiful the mountains and the scenery is in Montana, driving through it, going to another town to go do a show. And just some of the stops made along the way of memories created, like, you know, hanging out in Reno, Nevada for a couple of hours, you know, or spending the night in Laughlin, Nevada, and just looking up and going to a random uh, B2O, BTO concert because I just happened to be there.
3: Right.
2: You know, it's just like all the nice surprises, you know, spending time in Vegas. You know, when we were on tour, because be times we'd be on tour for two, three weeks at a time, you know, and like we'd have a, like a few days off the break. So instead of coming home because we were on the West Coast, we would just like go to Vegas and stay there for our days off and then head back on the road again. You know, so we traveled all over the place and it got to a point where we would only do maybe one show a year in Colorado where we were home-based, you know, so, but we traveled. I mean, I came far, I say far east because we were based in Colorado. We'd come all the way to... Chicago area because we rest from a few of the military bases there, you know, to Wisconsin and then all the way over from um, that far east, all the way west, all the way to California, all the way up Oregon, all the way down Texas, you know, Oklahoma, New Mexico, all that area, Arizona. We do, we do a lot of the Indian reservations in Arizona. Those are interesting.
0: I can't even imagine how tough that is on the family and the home life going, you know, to all these places.
2: You know, it it was difficult because when I had my first son, I had him right after I graduated from high school. When I had him in August, I started training for wrestling in November, so two months later. So he literally, and ever since the worked has grown up in the business. Because I remember my promoter, when I was in school, wrestling school, we'd be sitting there holding my son in his arms while I'd be in the ring training. You know, and I took him on the road with me a couple of times, but normally he would stay home with family when I'd be gone for a long time. So, But it it was definitely difficult. But when I decided when I got married, I kind of like stepped back a little bit. Right. Then I got pregnant after we got married. So then it's just like it was a time for me to just sit back because to me, no matter what, family always comes first
0: and your son uh he's a big nerd is like myself he goes to the comic con here in chicago you told me he was at the recent mm-hmm. one c2e2 and
2: yeah he comes to that one um every year him and his um uh, his girlfriend which i'm blessed that um he has found somebody who is just i would not say just like him but they have the same interests so they took turns dressing up they both did she did jill and he did leon
0: <laughs> that's great
2: at the cosplay and then they went back she did jill and he did um was it Oscar Olivier that the sounds other, right um,
0: yeah
2: the other um Raccoon City police officer who right. works with uh I don't know if he works with Leon or not but yeah he's cosplayed them both um he's also done um, um Ben Solo he did him at the last one There comes comes with, with at least two um cosplays that he normally does so
0: yeah I haven't done the cosplay yet I just wear a t-shirt you know, star wars or superman or whatever but that's that's pretty yeah. awesome he takes it to, to that level because the cosplay is on another level uh especially yeah. at c 2 e too.
2: yeah definitely it's just the plan if they go into it you know it's just like um she'll they'll be doing their costumes you know like and he's smart because if it's something that's really expensive he'll wait till his birthday or christmas time and he'll be like hey you know this is almost a birthday christmas i'm like okay <laughs>
3: i see <laughs>
0: it's pretty tough to you think know, like about because mccormick place ever since c 2 has been a hospital they haven't had any conventions and i don't know when another comic book convention is going to come around at, at mccormick all. place yeah
2: that is such as i heard that if you walked the north and the south hall that you've walked 10 miles that's what somebody was telling me it's it's long yeah it's,
0: it's a walk i mean you have to bring a bottle of yeah. water and be prepared because it's not yeah, this is not—I take my nephew to it, and the first couple of times, he was like, wow, where where do we sit? Like, there is nowhere to sit. <laughs> He's just walking all the time. That's all this is.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I've been there a few years in a row for the big uh, NRA food show that they've had there.
0: Right, and they do the auto show there, and they do a ton of stuff, but uh, I am a little worried about how conventions are going to be in the future with this whole COVID-19 thing, and San Diego yeah. Con got canceled, and, you know— yeah, it's it's a it's a big it, it hurts because a lot of us look forward to going to these and I don't know when they're going to come back.
2: Yeah, it's like Comic Con here in New York, you know, the big one that kind of makes you wonder because they're sitting there talking about not even having um, any sports comes back, you know, no no football, nothing of that until they were saying maybe Thanksgiving and that's in like, November. Jeez, you know, or even talking about like there's some talk that wrestling won't we won't even be able to get back into the wrestling ring until. 2021 as a possibility because of the fact that there's, they still want that spacing, you know, and I think about, you know, I'm not, I won't say I'm overly paranoid, but I've always been, like I tell people, I'm like, I've been training for this for years. Cause I'm the one, if I don't know you don't touch me, you know, <laughs> and I'm a hugger, but like, I'm big on like, could you wash your hands? You know, like some, like I'm one of people, if I shake your hand. I'm one to wash my hands, you know, right after. I'm just like, I know that people can be filthy, sub-creatures sometimes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right about that. Uh, Not everybody deserves a handshake or a hug. And uh,
2: (laughs) because think about it. Like, you guys went out and then shopped on hand sanitizer but didn't think about hand soap.
0: Yeah, everybody was stocking up on it. You know, you're right. That is 100% accurate.
2: Like, you you don't see hand soap not being available. You know, there's plenty. Every time I go to the store, there's plenty of hand soap there, no hand sanitizer. I'm like, okay, hmm.
0: I actually hate hand sanitizer. sanitizer.
2: Yeah, I only use it when I'm out
0: in public. Right. Yeah, because you can't walk around with a sink, so you need the hand exactly. sanitizer. But you know, what, if I'm in the house or near a place where I can wash my hands like a average person would do, I don't want the sanitizer. I don't like the smell. I don't even know if I want to touch food after uh, using that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm good on that. But yeah, use soap. Yeah. Everybody, use soap, please. Stay yes, home. Please. Use, use some soap, soap. <laughs> and stay the hell away. <laughs>
2: It just shows you how dirty people were beforehand. They're like, oh, God, I gotta start washing my hands and keep my hands sanitized and clean. It was like, well, I don't know, but when I was a kid, I was taught to wash my hands at an early age, you know, wash your hands when you come in the house, wash your hands after you use the bathroom, wash right. your hands before you eat dinner, mm-hmm. wash your hands before, like, when I was growing up, you did not open the refrigerator door if your hands were not washed. You didn't even touch it. I remember a kid going, did you wash your hands? No, don't touch that refrigerator door.
0: <laughs> you see those handprints all over it?
2: <laughs> yeah. and yeah, not just that, but you know, it's like, you know, multiple people touch that handle. You know, it's just like I don't know if I was just raised around a bunch of germaphobes, but but they you know, look at the situation we have now.
0: Yeah, it's uh people who did not wash before, I hope that they are at least starting to or are doing a better job of it going forward. But I miss baseball, I miss basketball and uh so speaking of wrestling with yeah. no no fans, uh you're watching it. How hard is it for you to, because you've been in the ring, you've been in that environment, so you know. How hard is it, Mm -hmm. do you think, for the talent to not have anything to build off of? There's no crowds, no emotion. It's it's really just, you're just in the ring.
2: You know, I usually always watch just to keep up with storylines and current things. You know, like in our group, you know, when we we do the Monday Night Thread, the Wednesday Night Thread, and Friday Night Thread, and the pay-per-views. You know, it's like, I literally have not watched our SmackDown since um, I watched it a couple of times right before WrestleMania, just so I could catch up with what was going on, but literally, I like I erased I like six episodes on my uh, on my DVR because I haven't even watched.
0: You yeah, know? you're not but missing a lot. I
2: appreciate them. I think they did an excellent job doing WrestleMania. They kept their energy alive. They kept it alive, you know, without a crowd. You know, it's like that's that energy that you feed off of. You know, with me being a bad guy. I'm the one that's deputy, the queen, like the crowd, you don't matter to me. So I treat them like peasants as they should be treated. <laughs> but, um, you know, it's just like, you know, they'll say something and I'll turn around and say something and they usually end up getting their feelings hurt. So they shut it down or they get even madder and yell more stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, bring it, bring it, bring it. You know, cause people don't realize it doesn't matter what kind of noise. You can boo me how you want to, but I, that's what I want you to do. Right. You know, it's when you hear no noise, That's when you got to figure out what's going on. And I'm talking about that's when you have, uh, you know, fans in the arena. So, I mean, I still give props to them going out there every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday and doing these these shows for TV. But I just, it's just hard for me to watch it with no crowd there, you know, but I give them props. But, I mean, I guess it really doesn't matter because usually when I watch, I usually watch it with the the button muted anyway, so.
0: Yeah, it's not, it's not the same thing, of course, and uh, over you know, how long it's been, like, almost two months now. The first couple of times is more like, I'm just curious how they're going to do this. And now it's like, ah, I really miss a reaction, you know, because, I, you know, how would yeah. how would it have been when Drew won the belt? Like, how would people have reacted to that? Or how, you know, the whole Seth yeah. Rollins character, numerous other things yeah. that have come on, it just kind of, like Matt Hardy on AEW, like, boy, that really needed a reaction. That sucks.
3: <laughs> or just
2: think about this past, this past Wednesday when – Kevin Cross and Scarlett made their entrance, you know, their debut. Yeah. That entrance was absolutely amazing. No crap.
0: Nothing. Yeah. I no will craft. give AEW props. So they they do find a way to make it a little bit more fun with the wrestlers on the sidelines and things like that. Yeah. At least they're trying unfortunately, something.
2: Unfortunately, no other company can do that now because the fact that everybody would be sitting there saying they're biting off of AEW now.
0: Right. Right.
2: Which really surprised me that Vince didn't think about that first. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Well, you know it's going to be really interesting on uh, Sunday is Money on the Roof or whatever you want to call it, Money in the Bank, on top of the building, yeah. and AJ's going to push people off the edge like Hans Gruber, and they're going to die. And uh, Yeah. I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. Throw Ray off. You know, I'm sure William will like yes, that.
2: Yes, let's do that. <laughs> it's funny that they're doing a pay-per-view on Mother's Day. Oh, that's right. It's Mother's Day. I didn't <laughs> even put
0: that together yet. Wow. <laughs>
2: 'cause I thought it was this past Sunday, and then when I saw' it was very well paid for two weeks from now, I'm just like, Oh, okay, okay, Mother's Day. The nice thing about having a network is is like if you don't get to see it, you know, then you can always watch it later,
0: right, yeah, so, exactly,
2: which is usually what I do because 'cause I'm always like moving around and stuff, so I usually sometimes don't get to watch things when they're I like when I'm sitting down on days that I'm not doing anything like if I'm not working on some project for some upcoming like well right now because we don't have any um bookings right now because of this situation but i you know i still sit there and think about ideas later on like i'm i've been like uh lax on the getting uh merchandise for myself and i need to really get in uh in the gear and get with my cousin who is an awesome, awesome uh, graphic designer and just send him some ideas so that he can um I can start creating shirts and doing some posters and stuff, and just get me a store online, and then make me a fan page on um, on um, Facebook.
0: Yeah, when you do that, let us know so we can uh, promote it on here and let let fans know. Hey, here's where you can get her shirts.
2: Oh, definitely will. I have a few ideas. So I'm gonna do a couple of different things. I'm gonna do like some um, hoodies, some tanks, some um, bandanas, maybe some some necklaces, some bracelets or something like that. Some some quirky little things.
0: Speaking of quirky, I had uh, Roxy on here right before she turned 18 but she was going to wrestle Joey Ryan and there's like this whole thing about, you know, she's underage and his whole shtick. Intergender matches.
2: <laughs> intergender matches. How I feel about that. You know what? The weird thing is is like, we were doing intergender matches back when I was touring on a regular basis. We called them mixed tags but there was no, it was like when the men tagged out if one man tagged out, then it was automatic. The other guy had to get out the ring, you know, but when I was a good girl, uh, you know, face back in the day, there'd be times that I'd get my, I'd get uh, my, the, my opponent would tag out and I'd happen to be like on their side of the ring and the guy would jump in and try to get his hands on me. You know, he'd be a little smart and him. either uh, crawl out the ring really fast or hurry up and try and crawl through his legs to get to my partner tagging real fast without them getting their hands on me from time to time. But, you know, it's just, I I don't know. It's just, for me, it just, with me my old school on that, it's just hard for me to see. And I'm not saying that women cannot beat men, but I'm like, you're portraying a fantasy out there. I mean, mean, if you're going to do that, then when is it going to be when um, women start fighting men in
0: UFC? Oh, I see. That makes sense.
2: You know, regardless of how people think it's real or fake or not, it's all perception. You know, it's just like, in what other sports do you see women up against men?
0: Yeah, there is not. Basketball, I guess you could theoretically see that, but you, yeah, you don't see that anywhere else. It's one-on-one like that at all. Boxing, yeah. not at all. Yeah,
2: yeah. you know, but then you get upset. You're okay with men wrestling women, but you're not okay with transgender wrestlers.
0: Right, like Nyla you know, Rose, yeah.
2: Fighting the, yeah, fighting other women because you're like, oh, you know the strength. Well, don't pick and choose. You know, yeah. I'm seriously on the stance with it, you know but but then I have exceptions, like China China was six feet tall, two hundred pounds. <laughs> There's legitimacy there, right. you know It's not like she is like a small girl wrestling a a a big guy, you know right. look at um that phoenix she, she's not smaller; she's a power lifter, you know big girl I can see her working too, uh Kong um
0: yeah there's another Naya one. Uh-huh.
2: Naya Jax I could see her too but it's because with them it's more legitimate to me you know like I mean every dog has its day you know because people say well you know we'll look at yeah okay um X-Pac he beat Ray Ramon that's how he became the one two three kid because boom 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 surprise Rey Mysterio for the quickness but still at the same time they're still men so, and it's just like strength, you know, people are like, don't say men are stronger than women, blah, blah, blah. Well, <laughs> you know, I just, me, I'm just on the fence with it because like me, I just like to see, watching a man wrestle a man and not feel like. I'm watching like some woman getting assaulted by a man.
0: For people who are already skeptical about it and think it's a joke, I almost feel like sometimes it's like giving them more ammo. Tessa Blancer shouldn't be beating a dude for a belt like you know it's like how do I defend this? you know but uh, it's where it's going and uh, it seems like it's not gonna stop. Intergender wrestling seems like the the trend, especially in the Indies, a lot of it in the Indies it seems like too.
2: yeah yeah. because you notice on on WWE when they have the mixed tag the moment the guy tags out, they have the same rules, you know, you have to switch, you know, sometimes people stop and they're getting their faces and all that, but you know, that's it. It's just really hard for me to sit there and watch um, men and women wrestle against each other. Sometimes it's just really hard for me, especially when I think about like just uh, the standpoint of, okay, this woman beat you. And then now you expect me to believe that you have a chance again. So say, okay, say, um, uh, let's pick up and say Sasha Banks beat. See,
0: that's my girl, by the way.
2: Uh, I know <laughs> watch <laughs> it, be careful. Rand, let's say she beat Randy Orton.
0: Okay, I can see
2: that. Sure. Now, how are, we supposed to, how are we supposed to believe that Randy Orton could ever beat, uh, say, Kane or say, um, Drew McIntyre when he just got beat by this girl?
0: Right now, that, that you makes know, sense. You can
2: call it best. You know, call it as a fluke or something like that, but that sets me, like, thinking on both sides of the fence. You know, like, in me being a female manager, that guy, I get hit by guys all the time. And trust me, it takes me a little time to heal. You know, right. and, like, I was taken a Yakuza kick. Ouch. You know, and it was the kick heard around the world. I mean, the video went viral. I mean, like, I took a, a kick in six-inch heels, and I landed on the floor with no padding. You know, and when I took the kick, I ended up my my jaw got dislocated, so my jaw was wired shut for almost eight weeks.
0: Wow, I didn't know was that you bad. Is it really? Wow. I've,
2: yeah, I've taken. Um, I, I, then I got kicked again while my jaw was still wired shut on the other side, but on my face and my shoulder, I went down. let me see, I've gotten power bombed through a table on the outside of the ring when we had our big uh, cage match. For and put for the squad, the squad at uh, BWF on the big anniversary show. And that one, whew, yeah, that one took a little while to recover from. But at the same time, like I tell people all the time, I'm still here. Yeah. You know, I have fallen from, I have been hit by uh, one of the guys I've been managing on the outside of the ring and fallen down and in heels, and that's what people think. about. Like, oh, you fall in heels. and am like, well, yeah, I wear heels out to the ring. You know, it's just like, if I get hit, I'm going to fall. You right. know, it's just like, oh, no, don't hit me. I'm wearing heels.
3: You know, sorry.
2: No. But, like, you know, like my squad, they call me fearless. And it was like, because she's not afraid of anything, which I'm, I am not. You know, I am not. There's only one person. And I don't even fear him because, you know, I'm not, I was never raised to fear God. But he's the only person that can bring me home.
0: <laughs> there it is. <laughs>
2: You know, so I'm one of those people that go and oh like, God, you know, I do what I love to do. You know, I I go out there and I I talk smack, I protect my boys, and um try my hardest to make sure they get a win.
0: I need to see this video. Of you getting kicked? I never seen this before.
2: Oh yeah, I'll send it to you. Oh <laughs> my yeah, God, I'll no. send it to you.
0: <laughs> you had eight weeks with your jaw. Yeah. Wow, some Kanye shit right there. <laughs> Through the wire. Yeah. No, no talking. How hard was that no. to deal with?
2: It was hard. And the crazy thing is, is I, 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 still went to my shows, you know, I just, um, make, I stayed out of harm's way. I did, um, get hit once before. Was it an um, angle? Did you use it? Doctor? Like
0: the injury is part of like an angle in a, a storyline or anything or?
2: Well, the two companies that, um, then we were, there was a, um, a feud between two companies where we invaded. So that's what we do the squat. We invade promotions and we have our philosophy, of changed through violence. It changed the way you're doing your shit. And if we have to make that change through violence, then we're going to do it for you to see that you're supposed to be doing stuff a certain way. Wow. And if you don't do it the way we feel you should be doing it, then we're going to hurt you. I mean, that's why our name, our squad's name is uh, Sasuji Squad. And if anybody looks up Sasujin in Japanese, it means murder, death. We are the murder death squad.
0: You know, I cut my finger trying to open a croissant the other day and uh that, that's probably the the closest I have to your uh, problem with <laughs> I only way I can relate to this at all I, I, don't, I don't have that story I'm sorry I don't <laughs> that's not going to go viral me whining about cutting my finger on a knife damn it I can't hang
2: <laughs> yeah you know it's just like you know and it's just and in the day, it's all part of business you know it's like um I know it's one of those things is like, if you stick your nose in other people's business, be ready to prepare for the situation, you know, the repercussions. And I've always been that type of person growing up that if I have to deal with the consequences then I will.
0: With these matches, uh, do you consider them memorable or what are some of your favorite matches that you've had over uh, your career so far?
2: One of my favorite matches is probably most likely, uh, it's really hard to say. I've had so many really good matches I've had some that were just absolutely crap. I think one of my favorite matches, though, have probably been like with Shirley Black. She was an independent worker from um, the Kansas or Missouri area. Okay. So uh, I enjoyed working with her. I like, I enjoyed a lot of our mixed tags. I, I think one of my favorite matches is when I mixed tag with um, Little Tokyo, or was it um, Karate Kid, Lord uh, Littlebrook? We did a women Midget mix oh, tag. Oh,
0: WrestleMania three. Both uh, well, well, those guys are in that. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah, so we've done that before, and that's a lot of fun because, I mean, those guys are, are awesome. Um, it's really hard to say because all of my matches have been, I've had some really fun matches with people, you know, like matches where I've wrestled people when it was their very first time wrestling. Um, I had one of my favorite times managing, before I even got into managing full time, was managing a main event in Arizona with uh Coco Beware and um Tonk Man and I was Coco Beware's manager and um
0: Did you have Frankie back then? Man. Was that a whole angle or not Yeah 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 he, he,
2: did... he had Frankie then but it was uh we were um, it was for the promoter that I worked for and um he was this isn't I was I was a good guy and uh he kept interfering in the match and when I punched him I stiffed him and ended up um loosening one of fill- his fillings in his mouth.
0: Oh, wow.
2: <laughs> and I leaned over and I told him that's what he got for making me chase him around the ring. So and he said, still to this day, he still feels it. <laughs>
0: really? It's <That's>
2: awesome.
0: <laughs> he had to send him to the no, dentist. But it's just
3: like,
2: yeah. You know, that's one thing I've been blessed with is like even when I, uh, after I finished um, training and been in a road, you know, I worked with a lot of guys that from uh, back in the day, WWF, when Vince allowed them to, contract outside to independence when they weren't when they weren't booked on shows you know so it was like a continued education just learning things like um oh Paul Orndorff taught my son how to defend himself and stand up against bullies when he was like four years old
0: that's awesome mr wonderful
2: yes and it was nice because they actually reunited um a few years back in vegas for the cac when um paul came out so that was nice it had been like a long time since i've seen him too so, you know, so weird for him to see a kid that was only four back then and see him now. I think that was 30, 29, 30 then. So, you know, it's just big influences on my life. You know, like Brian Blair, he was the one that taught me about saving money. He said, no matter what you make, you always take 10% of it and put it away.
0: Yeah, when I had him on great. here, he was telling me about getting a will. I mean, every it's a whole different experience than I thought I was going to get talking to him. Yeah, definitely yeah. Brian Blair.
2: Yeah. I mean, I listened to that too. You know, he goes, if you make a dollar, you take a dime and put it away.
0: And he's seen it up close with all these guys that are struggling financially and with their health and everything. Yeah.
2: Yeah. You know, and it's just like my my dad growing up, he always told me to be a jack of all trades. He goes, be prepared to where you can do anything. You know, I'm a retired chef. I was a chef for many years and a a food and beverage manager, restaurant manager. So, like, I, I'll always have a fallback, you know. Um, I've done tech support, so, like, I can I help people when they need their systems, their computers or their systems and stuff fixed. That's one thing I can do as well. But, uh, you know, I've always just made sure that I was trained in different areas so that my dad said, so for situations like this that we have right now where all the workers are, like, um, struggling because they're not, Making me money, they're not booked. They're, they don't have any shows. But the, the downfall on that is, is my I was always taught too that no matter what, pay your taxes. Yeah, right. You know, keep a logbook. You're an independent contractor. You're a self-employed. Keep a logbook of all your bookings. You know, with dates and your travel expenses. You know, your wardrobe expenses. All that. You know, pay your taxes. You know, if they if they've been paying their taxes, no matter how much, how little you make. You still claim that, pay it, and you wouldn't be in right now they'd be able to claim an appointment right now.
0: The other thing that's got to be tough for the independent wrestlers is that they can't work out like they normally would. The gyms aren't open, so I was wondering how that's going, too.
2: A lot of them are doing their own makeshift gyms right now. A lot of them that I talk to, you know, they still miss some gyms, but like a friend of mine, he has a a pool in his backyard and I was like, you got the perfect, I said, because when you swim, you work every muscle in your body.
0: That's true, yeah. You know,
2: so I'm like, that's perfect, you know, if not that, you know, go and get some weights, you know, a lot of them, I know the ones that are big, you know, like some of the ones friends I have, you know, they have, uh, you know, they've been in the business for a while, so a lot of them have their own home gyms, but a lot of them, they just like go into the gyms because of that experience, you know, me, I'm like... I don't know how many times I've gone to the gym and just been so angry because waiting to get on the machine when a person works out and gets up and walks away and doesn't clean it, um, you know, and especially with the situations right now. I mean, like, I just uh, recently um, ordered some um, some weights and some stretch bands and stuff like that to work out at home more because, like, you know, everybody's so anxious for everything to be open up. You know, whether people are paranoid or not or don't believe it, believe it's conspiracy, I know people who've had family members that have died from this, who have, like, we had a referee from one of our promotions, young guy, he's in between the age of my two sons, who caught it from a family member who was out and about, and up having gone to the hospital, you know, and he was like, you know, this is the make a break point, you right. know, putting on a ventilator and, you know, hopefully, and by the grace of God... He made it. I mean, he's still going through recovery, but he made it, you know. It's just like, you know, me living in New York, I'm in the epicenter.
0: Yeah, it's like hell on earth.
2: It is. And the people here, I mean, I won't say all the people, but there's a lot of people here that don't care, don't believe it. And you see people walk around, you see huge groups, people not wearing masks, people not being six feet apart from each other. You know, I'm like, you can go more than six feet away from me if you want. to. You know, eight, ten, twelve—that'd be perfect for me. Just get away from me, please.
0: <laughs> Even when this is all over with, you can still yeah. keep doing that. You know, ten yeah. years from now, stay away. Stay away.
2: <laughs> you know, it's just—you know—we could, if people would just listen instead sort of protests. Like, the more you go out and protest and everything, and like I said, I don't care if people are saying, you know, all oh, this—they're fudging the numbers. You know, yeah, they may be fudging the numbers. But it doesn't change the fact that people are still dying from this. You know, maybe they got COVID and died, but had other underlying medical. But maybe if they hadn't gotten COVID, they wouldn't have died. Correct. But, so, you know, so they're saying, oh, you know, they're me because it was this. But at the end of the day, if it was COVID that caused the other illness that you had to cause you to die, then, then you died of COVID or COVID-related
3: right. illnesses. Right.
2: You know, that's why I look at so, you know, it's just like, you know, when you're seeing people, you know, the people that are really paranoid, you know, and I don't look at them like, oh, you're weird. The ones I look at really weird are the ones who don't take it serious until somebody that they know get it, and then they change their tune.
0: It would help if the uh, so-called president would wear a mask when he goes to a mask uh, factory, but that's just my opinion, you know, set a precedent, you know, or the vice president goes to the Mayo Clinic, put on Mm -hmm. a mask, I don't know. Just to, yeah. just to show that you're supporting, protecting yourself during this. Uh, but that's a whole other thing.
2: And the whole mix signals is just like I get to the point where I just I can't watch it anymore. I can't watch it anymore. No, I don't at like, all. I can't. It's like, is there? Do you have a clear understanding of anything that's going on?
0: No, I can't. I turn it off. I, I can't do it. That's why I'm watching Walking mm-hmm. Dead. I I want my diseases to be fictional, so I watch it on exactly.
2: there. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Now we gotta worry, We gotta worry about murdering wasps now.
0: Yeah, I wonder if Brian Blair has a thought on that, because that could be a, a tag team matchup. You know, him and Jim Brunzel get back together. And,
2: yeah. Did you see there, somebody put a meme up, and it says uh, the only defense for the murdering wasp, and they had a picture of him and Jim Brunzel. Yeah, I did see that. The <laughs> <laughs> Killer bees.
0: <laughs> they might have to bring their masks back, so the Hornets don't know which is which, you know.
2: Exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah, so they can keep switching out.
0: I think the dumbest thing I saw was the guy, the video of the guy actually letting himself getting stung. And I, I, I maybe I, I don't know his name. He's one of these, you know, go in the woods and eat frogs kind of guys or whatever. Uh, I forgot yeah. his name, uh, whatever. But I was watching him like idiot. He's an idiot. Like I, I almost, I shouldn't say I want him to die, but it's like, what are you doing, dude? Like, really? Do you need to prove that this really hurts? Of course it hurts. And his arms all swole and everything after it happened and whatever. Yeah. You know, just stupid. Get out He's of the like forest.
2: a drill on me. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
0: I have to ask you about Finn Balor because I know that's your guy. You uh-huh. know the man who owns no shirts. Um,
2: oh, he doesn't need a shirt. He doesn't need pants either.
0: I mean, he wears a coat when I don't. You know, I'll be honest. I don't watch a lot of NXT because I just I don't have the time to watch every wrestling thing that's on. But the little that yeah. I've seen of him, I you know, I kind of almost forgot that he's there. Um, what do you what do you think of Finn? Do you think he's being used properly? Do you miss and Shinsuke as well? He falls in this category. Another one of your guys.
2: Uh, I'm so I don't. <sighs> I love Nakamura. I, I've loved him since uh, Japan. And I just like so like the, as the time goes on, they're watering him down more and more. He's so deluded. Yeah. They're not doing anything with him. I don't like him with Sami Zayn.
0: And he hasn't even been um, on there in a while either. So Shinsuke is just no. kind of running around. I guess he's Corbin's jester or something. I don't know what he is now.
2: Yeah, I just... It just breaks my heart when they bring such these strong workers... In and then just bring them in strong and just slowly. You know, it's like a nice... For me, it'd be like a nice shot of fireball, strong as hell. And then they just sit there and just pour water in until you go to taste it, and there's nothing there.
0: Especially when they were really hot in NXT. I mean, Bobby Roode, yeah. Kari Sane. It's yeah, the same so thing to Oscar. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Don't get me started.
2: You know, I did the same thing to Oscar, and it just breaks my heart. You know, they would bring these such strong characters in, you know, and then they just... Okay, we're done. You know, I understand that everybody has to have their chance and they run, but why do you have to wire them down so much to where they become non-irrelevant? You know, it's just like, I don't know. It's just like they need to focus on women's tag team in one show, women's tag team in another show, stop doing the crossover thing, and then just have, like, these decent feuds that are coming up, but don't sit there and just squat all them. I mean, everybody loses, because, I mean, like, you know, with the exception of Andre, from Time to Time, or from Moolah, from Time, to time right. they were the champions for years. But, you know, it's just like, I just, sometimes it's hard to watch the product. Like I said, I watch it just to keep track of what's going on, because you can definitely tell that they are keeping track on indies, because sometimes you'll see stuff at a show, an indie, and then you'll see it on there. So you know they're definitely watching.
0: Yeah. yeah. It seems like the smart people behind the scenes are doing that, you know, especially signing yeah. people. Like, like, I'm a big fan of Indie Hartwell, and Shati Blackheart, who I've seen at indie shows here, and now they are at NXT. And I'm thinking, like, they must be watching. You're right. They must be following it. They know who are the talented ones to bring here. But then I worry when they get there, are they going to use them correctly? Like Mercedes Martinez, a lot of the people that I liked watching on the independent scene.
2: Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm so proud of um, Martinez. Like, I worked on a couple of shows when she worked on on a show for a promotion I worked for, um, BCW, Recombination Combination Wrestling, which is like probably one of my top favorite promotions to work for is BCW, BWF, um, NEW, LAW, when they were still throwing shows, ECPW, you know, it's like all the companies here in New York that I've, that I've done shows for, you and- know, it's just like, you know, it's nice to see some of the, um, the guys come through the indie promotions and see them getting signed up with, um, uh, AEW or, you know, um, TNA or if it's, and, um, NXT.
0: And do you get to talk to a lot of the young talent? Do you ever, uh, you know, get asked by them, like what they should be doing to, uh, like throw some gems you their know, way?
2: Yeah, I do. You know, like when they, if they sit down and they legitimately want to sit there and ask me questions and I'm one of those type of people is like, don't ask me a question if you don't want an honest answer because, you know, like, when I first got into business and I was touring and and I was getting like, you didn't do this, you can do this, you know, you do this, you do this. And you got to know it's all constructive criticism for people who have been in the business for a long time. Who did that for you?
0: Is there, there anybody that sticks out, like a wrestler or, or manager?
2: Brian, Brian Blair. Okay. Um, I used to talk to Sherry Martell and talk to her and ask her questions. You know, just uh, the the of the Samoans, uh, Samu, uh Rikishi, uh, Lloyd, you know, like I'm a big fan of the Samoan family, you know, and have been blessed to work with them for many years, you know? So like, you know, after my match would be over, I'd sit down and then I ask them because I ask them, Hey, you know, because me, this is a business that you continue to learn in, you know, and to get somebody else's perspective from it, to make sure that you're, you've corrected yourself. You know, it's like, did I make any mistakes? And I do this and I do that. Like, I remember the very first time I had a title defense. I was so busy, you know, wrestling and doing moves and stuff. And when I got back to the locker room, you know, Brian Blair was there. And he was just like, and I was like, how was it? He goes, it was a good match. He goes, except for one thing. He goes, I couldn't tell that you were trying to win the belt. He goes, what do you mean? He goes, you were so busy wrestling and you didn't try to pin. He goes, you should be honest, always constantly trying to pin. Every time, try to pin, try to pin. You want that ref on the ground, one, two, one, two. You're trying to get to that three. You want the title, right? I'm like, yeah. He goes, you didn't try to pin her.
0: I see. Yeah. And that stuck. You know, yeah.
2: You know, you know, as far as like uh, having more energy, you know, being a little bit more crazy, you know, or, you know, being. And that's I think that's why I like being a a heel, too, because I don't have to be nice to people if I don't want to.
0: (laughs) Just like social distancing. You already do it.
2: Yes, exactly. (laughs) You know, I get to be a jerk. I mean, I think I'm a nice person at heart, but, like, I like being a bad guy because I get to really pull out the Taurus in me, the asshole in me. There it is. And then put a crown on it.
0: (laughs) It's more fun to go from face to heel than heel to face, I would imagine.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, especially if you were born to be a heel. You know, I did have fun being a good girl, a good guy. I had fun for a while doing it, you know. But you know, it's just like now, it's just like I don't have to clap hands with people, knowing that I don't like (laughs) touching people, other people (laughs) touch. You know, but still, I do like that fan interaction. Like, I used to enjoy, like, Intermission and us going out and interacting with the fans and signing autographs and stuff like that.
0: Is there anybody in the business that had a reputation of being a bad person? You met them, and you're like, I don't know what they're talking about. This person's awesome. I, I love this guy or this girl. There, everything I did not hear is the exact opposite.
2: You know, I I have a lot of times that a lot of people say, oh, this person was a jerk or this person was a jerk. I didn't hear I did I didn't hear that this person was a nice guy. I've never. Do I say I haven't come across people that I have not liked? Like I always
0: hear Arn Anderson's a bad guy. I have no idea. I never met the guy. But I have a feeling Arne that's Anderson, not true. I've had a yeah. I've had a
2: couple only a couple rea- uh, interactions with him. Yeah. And the only thing I can say about him is that he is very upfront and honest. He's a he's a straight shooter, no no BS, straight to the point.
0: So if you know that going in, then you shouldn't be surprised he's like that. So Yeah. It doesn't exactly. sound like a bad guy to me.
2: <laughs> yeah. You know, like Michael Hayes has the most beautiful singing voice. Now, I won't say the most beautiful, but he has, you would look at him and even think, but the man can say Motown. Really? You can hear and feel the soul in his voice.
0: It must be hiding in that fanny pack because I had no idea.
2: Yeah. You know, it was like uh, one of the, like talking about like the wrestling I watched growing up, you know, in high school and being a fan of the Von Erich, you know, it was like when I actually got to go, when I was on the road and got to work with Kerry and Kevin Von Erich and Kerry, like I've known him since I was 15, and, you know, I have such great memories with him on the road, you know, including the last tour we did together, like maybe a month or so before he, you know, took his own life, and, you know, we were all eating dinner, we had a day off, and we were coming out, me, him, and the promoter were coming out of the restaurant, and there was country music playing in the, um, in the lobby, and I was just like, oh, this is a good song to two-step to. And Carrie's like, girl, what you know about two-stepping? <laughs> I and mean, I just looked at him, I said, boy. <laughs> and I remember I was two-stepping around the, the lobby. And um, I then we were going to go to a rock and roll bar. And Kathy called It was when, they, when he was married at the time and something was going on with the girls, Lacey, because she was little. And I remember his other daughter's name. I was, I was so bad I forgot her name. But, so he ended up having to go and deal with that, so we didn't get to go out and then we did the show and left, and that was the last time that I saw him alive wow. so like, um it's weird because his passing is the same date as my mom's passing, so now I get like double emotional on February eighteenth yeah. so
0: wow, yeah, that yeah. so, you know, it like that's tough
2: it is, you know, but I've worked with you know just so many people that I just never thought that I'd be able to. To be on a show with, you know, um, Rick Rude, the, um, the World Warriors, Sergeant Slaughter, the Butch Whackers, Okay. You know, Colonel De Beers, Rick Martel.
0: Oh, yeah, I'm a big Martell guy.
2: <laughs> That's you know, my dude right he there. He is an absolute sweetheart. Yeah. Um, really nice guy. You know, it's just like I've just been blessed to be in this business and be around some really good people. You know, I mean, you know, we'll get back to you know, like the people who think people are really jerks. You know, and it's weird because as a fan, you know, growing up, you'd always say like the 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 good guys were usually the ones that were the jerks, and the bad guys when you met them, they were always really nice. And I was thinking to myself, and I said, well, maybe the reason why the good guys are such jerks because they're always bothered.
0: <laughs> right, they don't have any time. You know, to themselves. That's fans true. are always
2: hounding them. You yeah. know, and then and then being business and like being on a road and we'd have to, we'd finish a show and we'd go to a restaurant, you know, and the fans would follow us there. And, you know, and I have no problem signing autographs, but when you got people like coming up to you right in the middle of your dinner and trying to eat, you know, people don't do that. You know, you'd be more likely to get the response from us that you want if you do it before or do it after, you know, and then respect people when you're with their family and your kids, you know. You know, don't take pictures of their kids, you know, just ask them if they have time, if they don't respect it. You know, it may be a point where you never get a chance to see them again, but still, there's that respect factor. You know, I I live in New York. I run past, you know, see famous people all the time. I sit there, smile, wave, and I keep on going.
0: I totally bothered Chuck D when he was eating dinner once.
2: Um. Yeah, you know, (laughs) we've had that before, you know, where we're eating dinner and I'm, and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, we're all sitting there watching, and, you know, people's like watch, you know, we're like that table going to get up and they're going to approach us, you know, we'll be sitting there joking about it. And it's, it's like, you've seen this order, you see our food's not there yet. So once you come into it, then don't get up and wait until they bring us our food. Because now we're sitting there talking to you and now five minutes has gone by, now 10 minutes has gone by, and now our food is gone.
0: And they want to shake your hand when you get ready to eat. <laughs>
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, don't, don't, don't do not don't that. <laughs> you know, but we, we appreciate and love our fans, you know, but, you know, people are always like, oh, you're a public figure. You have to, you know, endure that. But isn't there some point in time when we are due, our personal time, where we don't have to be stuck in our house?
0: That's true, yeah.
2: You know, can I go to the grocery store? Can I go take my kids to, you know... Shopping to get something they need without being harassed, you know. Because I'm the type of person, I never would approach anybody who had their child with them
3: because
2: that's personal. Type. You're making me think of a Chappelle you know?
0: joke when he was talking about he was at Disneyland and someone walked up to him was like Rick James, bitch. He's like, I'm with my family, dude. <laughs> get out of here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you know. And Take a day like, off. It's all about it's all about awareness, awareness. You know, it's like, be proper at this time. You know, it's just like, you see me with my kid, and you know I mean, inappropriate. I did something appropriate on TV or something like that. You see my kid? Come on, don't do that.
0: Right. Otherwise, you know, I, get I know kicked.
2: people are so excited, and they see you, and they just like, you know, maybe they became a fan when they saw that sketch. I get it. But, you know, time and place for everything.
0: That's true. Well, thankfully for me, nobody bothers me. So I can go out and do whatever, and nobody gives a damn. So. <laughs> These are not problems I have to worry about.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know, it, you know that, but that's a good thing, you know. It's just like for a long time, I didn't put, I wouldn't put my kids up on on social media without unless people already knew them, you know. But now they're grown men, you know, and I know they can defend themselves. And it it, I, it chuckles me because they do follow me on my on my social media pages, and um, if they see somebody that makes an inappropriate comment, they will attack
0: shut that shit down no exceptions
2: yes yes my <laughs> older son he will he will need in your ass so just know that he will need in you say <laughs> call him verbal and mental terrorist <laughs> there
0: it is so before he uh, let you go uh anywhere we got to talk about wrestling period but before that uh how can people listening follow you see what you're up to when things get back to normal where they can watch you know you do your definitely
2: thing? For me on Facebook and Twitter, it's Nia Kennedy. On Instagram, is feisty all day. Um, for the whole squad, the Sasuji squad, um, we have a Facebook page that's called Sasuji Squad. But like each member, like we have our our boss man, the head uh, the head member, that's Eric Jaden, and on his Facebook is Eric Jaden. On Twitter, it's all the bad guy, and Instagram is bad guy sexiness. Then we have um, my other co manager, um, who is actually legit an actor. We call him Hollywood. And you can follow him at follow your favorite actor at Mark Schwan. And then we have the psycho, Dominic De Niro, And all three of his social medias, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, are uh, Dominic De Niro. Um, then we have the cyborg, Rick Recon. So on Twitter, it's Rick Recon1. On Instagram, it's Rick underscore Recon. And on Facebook, it's Rick Recon. And then you got the Bushwick Beast, and that's Chris Barton. And Facebook is Chris Barton. His IG is official underscore Chris underscore Barton. And in Twitter, it's Beast underscore Barton. And I believe that is everybody.
0: Get your pens ready, everybody listening. There's a lot to catch up on there.
2: Yeah, I believe that is everybody. There's six members in the squad. There's two managers and one of the man- uh, the other manager, um, Hollywood, we go by class and sass as well. Of course he's on awesome. the sassy one. But he also does commentating for um our matches as well for this wonderful another podcast that I do, they are called Shut of Wrestling, but they do commentating at the uh, um a lot of the, the promotions we work for.
0: That's awesome. So,
2: um yeah, so, yeah, we do that, and we're we a family, and I and really enjoy working with these guys. They'll be the last group I work with until I officially retire. I'm not going to put the date out yet because um, I haven't decided exactly when it's going to be. It's but hard be to predict few, that kind uh, of
0: stuff in this era that we're living in, I would imagine.
2: Yeah, definitely. But there'll be a, a few surprises uh, before I retire that um, I'll keep as surprises. Until then, until we find out exactly what's going on with when we're going to be able to come back and start doing shows again.
0: Is there any kind of but news ever, on that? Right. Have you heard any like rumblings about when you might be able to get back mm-hmm. into it? Or
2: um, Some people are banking and hoping in a few months, but um, the realization is, is you can't put on a show and tell your workers when you can only fill your gym or whatever at, what? A third capacity, maybe because right. people still have to be six feet apart. You know, yeah. people have to wear masks. You know, so how are you going to do shows if you can only have uh, one ass in every six feet? <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's a good way to put it.
2: <laughs> you know, so I don't know. You know, so I just say, you know, when everything is right, then they'll bring it back. You know, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Like, you know, we're not. New York is not planning on opening things. Some businesses are opening up, but um Governor Cuomo wants to wait and see if two weeks straight, if our numbers start going down. And if you tell people, as long as you guys keep behaving like you are, the numbers are not going to go down.
0: Stay home. You, everything will be normal eventually. Just stay your ass at home, wash your hands and stay away from Naya before she kicks you in the face. Um.
2: Exactly. Because not, <laughs> not only are we realizing that we, have, we live amongst a bunch of filthy people, but we're realizing that how dumb people truly are. don't actually think that a beer is causing this virus to where the corona cells have fallen so low,
0: right? I remember that
2: you need to seriously sit down, look in the mirror, and rethink everything. Pick up a book, read, do something because, um, the brain is not working, your brain is shut down, so you need to do some reboot and start learning. Because I've seen some of the most ridiculous videos on Facebook.
0: And then some, I mean, it's, it's yeah. ridiculous. It, it's really, it's really crazy. All this, the misinformation that we get. Uh, it's
2: yeah. People stop believing everything you read on Facebook. Actually you got Google, you have TV, you got the news. There are legitimate news sources out there. Do your research, you know, just like, you know, it's like African-Americans are one of the, the highest right now as far as with this disease right now. And I remember a couple when this first started, that there was a story I saw on Facebook that said that African-Americans were not going to get this because of the color of their skin, because of the melatonin in their skin. And I said, that's got to be the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life.
0: That one in the the 5G was the other one I heard. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
2: Yeah. I'm like, okay, you go ahead and believe it's whatever you want to believe. I'll stick with what the doctors are telling me. I'll listen to the news, but Facebook, absolutely not.
0: There is a reason to go yeah. to Facebook, and that's where Wrestling Period got to shout out them. That's the only reason I'm yes. talking to you in the first place. Uh, they got to everybody on our there. Our
2: group. Our group. We have some of the best people. I mean, like, I'm just, you know, that's why I love, because I think I'm one of the only workers on there that actually engages on a regular basis. Right. You know, because that's, that's just me. Like, when I have when I have days where I'm doing absolutely nothing, and I choose to have a couple of days a week where I do absolutely nothing, and that's just for my personal welfare and being, for me to recharge and get any negative energy that I've picked up along the week of being outside of well, my We need
0: uh, your inappropriate comments on there. Those are the best.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, I miss those. I missed in the same. <laughs> I haven't been sent to bed in a while. Well,
0: there's no fin. There's no <laughs> shin. You know, there's nobody to talk about. No. So, you know.
2: <laughs> there is none. No, absolutely not. I tried it a bit when they had, um when who put the. uh. That match on Animal first match when he had on the cutoff uh, jean shorts. Oh, jeez. Uh, wherever the shorts was, he had in that video. Yeah, That's right, my buzz. Who does somebody say look like when the village people?
0: Jeez. <laughs> 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 yeah, that's a it's a different kind of look.
2: <laughs> yeah, and that's what, yeah exactly, and that's one thing I'm so grateful about in this business is that um. Has hadn't been in this business, business, I wouldn't
0: have met you. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I would not know Marky you Bell. Know. Might as well shout him out. William exactly. Richmond, and Dan Valdez, who's been on here. A couple of people that I know personally, Mario Bernal and Lloyd, uh, they've been on this podcast as well as on the Wrestling Period, and they do, you know, just love interacting with all these people on there. Patrick Fuller and Tim Tango. Yeah. My guy TC3 sent stuff for the baby. I mean, I can't thank him enough, you know, so much. You no, know. You know, it's
2: just wonderful because this is the one thing – that bonds us is our love for wrestling. Then once you get that love for wrestling, then you find the other thing like like you and your DJing. And I was telling you the stories about my ex husband was a DJ, you know, and us going right. shows and stuff, you mm-hmm. know. Yeah, and so he had techniques. You said that, one. right? Yeah.
0: Jealous. I don't. I still don't have yeah. those.
2: Yeah. I mean, and just think about how expensive they were back in, because that's when they were first coming out, where they were allowing, you know, you to buy them retail.
0: Yeah, they are not cheap. Awesome. <laughs> that's why yeah. I don't have them.
2: No, yeah, that was a conversation that was, uh, it was a difficult one, but it was necessary. But then I'm like, okay, catch you, you do you.
0: Well, my way of looking at it was it's like, I'll get the turntables, but not the best ones. I have Newmark ones, but I want to focus on the collection. So I just went crazy on buying records.
2: There's something about vinyl, there's something about that vinyl, and just listening to when that needle touches and just starts playing that music. Yeah.
0: And I did a, uh, on Instagram, I did a Prince uh, two weeks ago when, you know, it was just April 21st, which was the day that he passed uh, four years ago. And unfortunately, a couple of needles skipped because <laughs> I haven't played a record in a while. But it, there's something about that sound when you it, you can't beat it. It's not the same as digital.
2: No, not at all. You know, I remember uh, when Purple Rain first came out and I went and got the album and I had to collector. it. I'm so mad I don't have it now because I can only imagine what it'd be worth. I mean, it, I, I, yeah. there's the fact that I just don't have it, but I had the purple album. I am jealous. Was, it was purple.
0: Yeah. And now every record, I don't know if you, you see records recently, but a lot of them are all colored differently. I got a Cypress Hill reissue that looks like smoke. So they do that all oh. the time now, but back then, like you're talking about, that was very rare that something was not yeah. black. Yeah.
2: Yeah. They were all black, you know, and for him to did the Purple Rain album in, P, in purple, it was just, it was awesome.
0: Yeah, one still of the, one
2: of my favorite movies.
0: I haven't seen it in a while, but the album I played, you know, obviously a lot. But does the movie still hold up. It's been a while since I have seen it. I got to watch it again. It's been at least a, yeah, ten years.
2: When I watch it, I still, I still love watching it, and still to this day, I remember I was in high school in Oklahoma City when the movie came out, and it just when he comes busting through the door, and he curses at his dad for hitting his mom. It was just so funny hearing the words come out of his mouth and it's just like, it just didn't sound right. Listen here Prince Cups.
0: <laughs> not to talk about Prince all day, but I did read his book, the beautiful ones recently just finished it. And a mm-hmm. lot of that is sort of true about his upbringing with his parents and everything. And uh, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of, you know, it's not obviously all true, but there's some, there's some actual realistic things that went into that storyline. Uh, with yeah, so what
2: they do is they take a few things that happen in your life right. and then they build a story around it.
0: Right. I don't think the the Lake of Minnetonka or whatever it's called, the the waters, I don't know if that really doesn't purify you or not. That I don't know if that's true or not.
2: No, so, and the fact that uh, that's not Lake Minnetonka. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <Right>. <laughs> no.
2: That's the one I enjoy. <laughs>
0: But, yeah, thanks to the wrestling period, people. I mean, uh, I'll see you tonight. SmackDown's on, so I'll be doing the thread. Uh, if it wasn't for them, I probably wouldn't be doing – I wouldn't be watching wrestling as much as I do. I'll be honest.
2: Right. I think everybody makes it fun because we, have, we sit there and we do our silly comments, and Dan with his funny nicknames for everybody. And um, we display our love or hatred for certain work, workers – in the group or just the funniness or when we catch certain things. And it's just, it's nice because we're not like where there's hundreds and hundreds of people in the group, you know, we're respectful for each other, you know, like we stand up for each other, you know, like Marky, she, she's a pit bull of the group. I love her to death. Yeah. You know, like she does not allow anybody to come in there and be disrespectful. You're not going to disrespect the workers in there, and you're not going to re- disrespect any of the members in there. And she will check your butt really quick.
0: No, there's been a couple that have seen the door, a couple that I even brought in, and I felt terrible about it. But, yeah, yeah, William, they'll, they'll take them out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: but the thing is, you never know. You know, you never know what a person does, You know, and it's just like you say something. Like, I'm there one time, uh, one of them, and they're not even in a group anymore, was talking crap to me. Like, I didn't know what I was talking about. And Marky was like, you do realize that this woman has been in this business for, because I've known Marky for, oh, my God, almost 10 years. I won't say quite 10 years. I've probably say, I'd been here for 40 years. So maybe seven, eight years I've known her. You know, um, Noah was definitely a baby when I met her. He was really small. And, um, and I'm just, I like, was like, you don't know what you're talking about. And I was just like, and Marky, I guess she saw him in the thread and she came in she was like, you you not realized this woman has been in the business for almost 30 years? She damn well knows what she's talking about. Who are you to come in and sit and tell her that she don't know what she's talking about? You, a fan on the other side of, of the rail, of the guardrail, her actually in the business.
0: And that ended real quick.
2: And then, yeah, it was done. It was done. <laughs> they were gone from the group.
0: Right, that's usually how it goes.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I really don't I I don't want to interact with the fans and the groups in a negative way, you know. But I refuse to let you come in and tell me how I should feel about a thing. Like, I don't know if you remember that certain worker uh, that came in and was upset because I posted the picture of uh, uh, the little girl wrestling against uh, Omega.
0: Yes, I do remember that.
2: And I thought it was cute, and I was like, in the future, you know, she's going to be a future uh, champion, you know, and he had a hissy fit, you know, and they're going to try and tell me using Brody. I'm like, first of all, one, the fans today, some of the old school fans, I'm like, you can't sit there and say that you would pay today's prices with the advancement for wrestling back in the day. Yes, you could put somebody in a chokehold or rest hold for 15 minutes, and the fans would go crazy. You do this now, you're going to have an empty
0: arena. Yeah, nobody wants to watch, you know, sixty-minute matches where most of it is just uh, headlocks and no. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, not anymore. And that's just times changed. It was okay back then, and people loved that shit back then. Yeah, but not now. I mean, I understand, you want to hold on to the old school. Trust me, I believe it. But um, one, why can't we mix old school with new school? That's how we're doing what these new school gimmicks are doing in the old school manager mentality. You know, and that's another reason why I got into the business. You know, like to say to help. You know, to help the ones that I I see and I feel have a passion for this business instead of just coming in for the cash grab or wanting it for, oh, I can get girls or I can get guys. How about you get your ass in the ring and train and go out there and do the best job you have because people have literally lost their lives for the business that they love to the point where they can never get out of it because they love it so much.
0: Yeah, and you're responsible for that other person in the ring. So it's up to you to get your shit together and you
2: know exactly exactly oh i saw this move i want to try it nope
0: <laughs> <laughs> not on me nope
2: <laughs> not on me i'm sorry i plan on walking out that ring tonight <laughs> that's on a walking tomorrow i've been blessed that i have not been seriously injured i've had uh three bulging discs in my back i've had um stitches over my eyes But as far as like broken bones, like seriously, but of course with the the kick as far as, but like in my entire career of wrestling, I've pulled a quad and had four stitches over my eyebrow and, um, I've had a few concussions, but other than that, I have never had any like major injuries that would have kept me out of the the game for a while.
0: So for the most part, it's been mild for you. I mean, there's been, obviously, like you said, there's been injuries. It's not like you're unscathed, but yeah, for the most part, I've been all right.
2: Exactly. You know, besides the, you know, because they say every time you get in a ring and wrestle, it's like your body went through a car accident. So, in that point, yeah, but as far as, like, injuries where, like, people are, like, having their shoulders dislocated or, like, the muscle being torn off the bone or stuff like that, I've never had that, you know, or had to have major surgery.
0: And thank God. Thank God, God for as, that. For a
2: wrestling-related injury. Yeah. You know, thank God. And I think I I blessed it on um my training and trusting the people that I work
0: with in the ring. That is all about, it's about that trust, I'm sure. I mean, that's that's yeah. not, I, obviously I've never been in a ring, but I assume that's really what it comes down to. You got to trust each other and uh, this move is going to work because I know you're going to follow through on it and vice versa.
2: Yeah, and not being afraid to say no if you're not sure about taking, giving, or receiving a certain move. I have no problem saying no. I'll say, hey, I've never worked with you before and that is a very high-risk move. I'm not going to do it. So if you can come up with something different, then I have no problem. But at the end of the day is my safety and yours. And if I take it wrong, I'm hurt and you're injured at the same time. Or now you feel bad because we did a move where I'm injured. You know, like Deedle Brown to this day, he's still guilty and he still feels bad because of
0: draws. Oh yeah. Right.
2: You know, and it was an accident. It was a move that he's done several times. You know, you never know, you know, the risk is there, but you minimize that risk by being smarter.
0: Right, or Joe you know, with Tyson Kid, Yeah, there's a lot of them to yeah. think of. Yep.
2: Yeah, exactly. You know, accidents do happen, but if you're out there being regard, uh, reckless and have no regard for your opponent because you're going to get all your shit in, then you don't need to be in the business because you're only in it for yourself.
0: Truer words are never spoken on this podcast than what Naya just said. So heed the words. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you true.
0: Man, thank you so Stop much. Thinking
2: about me, 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 and it's we, we, we.
0: Yep, there it is. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for coming on here, and once again, uh, Wrestling Period. Thanks to you guys, as always. You know Austin James and all you guys out there. I forgot to say his name. I I, I can't forget him.
2: Yes, Austin, the boy. Yes,
0: he's still working, right? He's still doing. He's in the business, right? He's. he's uh, I
2: know he's been training.
0: Training. That's what it is. Okay.
2: Yeah, he's been training.
0: But oh, uh, he's always dang. got the gist. I look
2: forward to his his his. His first match. I need to get a hold of him and see how that's coming along and where he left off at when all this stuff happens.
0: Yeah, everybody's on pause. Is this whole thing is just taking over everybody's life. But uh the good thing is hopefully get on the other side of it and then wrestling will be back with fans and everything'll be like normal. Yeah. Hopefully. Sooner rather than later.
2: It'll be it'll be normal. it'll be a new normal. But I say people, you know, it's like, take this time now to do everything you never got to do around your house, like spring clean, you know, redecorate, um, find a hobby that you've always wanted to do. You know, I find stuff for me to do every day, you know, like um, I'll put it out there because I never had day high. I'm an essential worker. So I am working, you know, blessed be. Um, so I have four to five days and I'm actually working And like I say, those days I have off, you know, I take a couple hours a day and just devote it to a project that I've been put off because of the fact that before of working my, uh, my full-time job and then traveling on the weekends during shows, you know, so it's like, I'm very rarely where I have a day off where, when I have those days off that I don't do anything. But right now with the, the quarantine and stuff going on, I have no weekend bookings. So the three to four days off that I, that, Two to three days off, I have a week where I can do stuff. I make my time productive and um, do stuff around the house.
0: That's what it's all about. And for me, I don't know if I'm really doing any new hobbies, but what I have done is that my daughter's almost 11 months and she's getting very close to walking. So I feel like I'm not going to miss that moment because I'm here. (laughs) Exactly.
2: (laughs) Exactly. Like, I'm sure you got to see, like, when she first started crawling.
0: Yeah, and she's super fast now. I can't keep up with her because I'm an old-ass man (laughs) trying to (laughs) keep her from knocking down my records or my Funko Pops or whatever. And, you know, she's so fast. She's she's going to be walking before I know it. It's
2: so amazing. You know, kids are... uh... she's absolutely adorable you have a beautiful little girl she's absolutely adorable yeah she is super cute i can't for all the memories you're gonna have and be able to share some of them with you as well
0: yeah uh, brian blair i sent him a picture of her too because she was wearing a bee outfit the day i talked to him i was like this is not a coincidence right this is i'm talking to you and she's wearing a a little bee pajamas and so he was saying the same things like connor queen bee so yeah no it's it's awesome No, she's super cute so i'm biased of course but uh Check the pictures. We're like.
2: supposed to be. <laughs> right. So, we should be. It is your right. It's your baby girl, and you should be biased.
0: Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> Nobody
2: can tell you any different. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> but, no, thanks again, Nye, for coming on here, and uh, really appreciate your time and walking us down memory lane and seeing what it was like for you back in the day, and hopefully more to come, you know, sooner rather than later.
2: Thank you so much. Definitely.
0: Oh, no doubt. And like I said, resting period, we got you. We remember you guys. we we'll talk about you guys, of course. And uh look forward to interacting with you guys tonight on the SmackDown thread. Definitely. Yeah, no doubt. All right, thanks, Nye. I right, appreciate thank it. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Thank you. Infinite Banner, man. Wow, what a name. I love that. Yeah, man,
3: I've been from Maine to Spain and deep down in the Ukraine from ocean to ocean to coast to coast, north, south, east, and west The one place I've never been
0: is to the Infinite Banner. <laughs> Thanks to B. Brian Blair for that promo. It was one of those things where he just kind of did it. I didn't see it coming. I didn't even ask him to do it. So it was really cool. And uh, I had to play that here since Nia and him know each other. There you go. B. Brian Blair letting you know. And he's been everywhere except here. But he has been here. Come back whenever he wants.
3: It's time for you to leave, assholes.
0: Uh, before I go, I cannot... Finish this show without also mentioning the passing of two musical icons, Little Richard and Andre Harrell. Uh, Andre Harrell, because I'm a big hip hop fan, obviously influence on me. Uh, I remember first saw him on Crush Groove in the movie, and uh, he was also in the hip hop group Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And I posted a picture of that record on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I had that album. It's called The Champagne of Rap. They're wearing suits. Next to a boombox. They're very innovative. You didn't see any guys wearing suits back then. It it was pretty cool to see that cover. It's been a while since I looked at it. And uh, Freshest Rhymes in the World was one of my favorite songs back then. So if you're not up on Andre Harrell's rhyme skills, check out his stuff with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde on profile records but a lot of people know him from uptown and puff daddy and all that but I always remember him from Crush Groove and his time with Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde and also little Richard there's nothing that I can say that won't be said about him already he's just one of the all-time greats rock and roll would not be what it is without him the first thing I think of when I think of little Richard because I'm a big fan of the movie Predator is the scene when they're in the helicopter and and the song Long Tall Sally is playing in the background, and really cool scene, I'm a Predator nerd, I love that movie to death, and uh, so whenever I think of Little Richard, I know he's known for way more important things than Predator, but the first thing that pops up in my head is that scene with the helicopter when they're playing that and then Bill Duke is saying those lyrics as he's going to kill the Predator later on in the movie spoiler uh, so anyway uh, rest in peace to Little Richard and to Andre Harrell and, and you know being a big Prince fan I would imagine that he also was influenced by Little Richard as well so alright that's my time time to get out of here thanks to everybody for checking out the show big shout out to Naya Kennedy the queen of all heels so much fun talking to her definitely go check her out when all this is over when the indies start getting back back too. when the wrestling gets to a somewhat of a normal state and you can start to see some of them coming back. Please support the indies. Go support your independent wrestlers. It's really important. They do a lot of good things and really put everything into it. And uh, I really can't wait for those days to come back. Thank you again to Nia Kennedy. Shout out again to the Wrestling Period Group. Alright, tomorrow's Money in the Bank. We'll be checking that out. Happy Mother's Day out there. And as always, like I said, you can follow the show on Twitter at Infinite Banter. Same on Facebook. Same on Facebook. Instagram at Infinite Banter podcast podcast myself dj soundway 75 youtube look up infinite banter it is there clips from past episodes of different guests i've had so really appreciate everyone for checking out the show big up to it once again tonight kennedy i got a special guest coming up for the next episode i don't want to give it away yet because i don't want to jinx anything but uh, i got a confirmation he's good to go so really excited about this one as well i'm always excited but uh this one's a big one all right thanks for checking out the show appreciate it until next time i'll see you guys on the next episode i'm out
1: COVID-19, better known as coronavirus, has spread throughout the world. Symptoms of this respiratory disease may include fever, cough, and shortness of breath. These symptoms may show up 2 to 14 days after exposure. If you are experiencing these symptoms and have come into contact or are in an area with an ongoing outbreak, please call a hotline and or consult with a physician. Clean and disinfect high-touch surfaces. For more information, please visit cdc.gov forward slash COVID-19. Thank you.